Hi, my name is Ruby, and I'm Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife's assistant. You're listening to the Dr. Finlayson Fife Podcast Archive. The podcast you'll be listening to today is called Can You Choose Love? Originally produced and published by the Mormon Channel Daily. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy this episode. You're listening to Mormon Channel Daily, brought to you by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm your host, Charlotte Kniep. And we're talking about love this month, and it seems like we see so many instances of these, quote, perfect love stories depicted on social media and in movies these days that it can be really easy to compare those scenarios with our own relationships and feel like we might fall short of this ideal. There seems to be popular sentiment in our culture that love is this feeling that just sort of hits you one day. Sparks fly, you meet someone great, you get married, and everything ends up wonderfully. And anyone who's been in a relationship before knows that that is not the full or even the true story. Real love takes work, sacrifice, vulnerability, and it can even be painful at times. Well, renowned LDS marriage therapist, Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife is here with us on the phone today to discuss the art of choosing to love and working towards a healthy relationship. And one of our field reporters, Jennifer Stagg, has that interview. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So in your therapy practice, you've counseled hundreds of couples and individuals. What are some of those common misconceptions that people tend to have about what love is? Yeah, I think that people tend to feel like, um, even if they know better on some level, that if they found the right person, that things will be easy. That, uh, you know, if they find the right match, then things should go very well. You and never fight with your with your true love, right? right. Never. Exactly. <laughs> never. Exactly. And I think that very similarly, that people think that... Um, the goal is to find someone who will accept them however they are, that someone will, who will adore them and desire them, no matter how selfish or self-serving you are. And I think the idea that someone should make you happy um, if you find the right person. And I think that that's a very compelling idea. And certainly the movies portray that idea that when you found the right person, they live happily ever after. But I don't think adult love really works that way. How do you think those misconceptions, especially, um, I think for for young women, there's a lot of emphasis on how awesome the wedding's going to be, that they mm-hmm. that they fail to think about how much work goes into a marriage afterward. But how do you mm-hmm. think those misconceptions affect your relationship going forward when suddenly you're you're married and you're like, oh my gosh, this is really hard. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I think what often people think is, I must have chosen the wrong person. Ah. And they will compare what they know about the inside of their marriage to the outside of other people's marriages, the way things look, you know. And they will think, well, there's something defective about us, rather than the reality, which is marriage is doing what it's designed to do, and it's hurting for real reasons, meaning meaningful reasons, which I can talk about in a minute. But I think that First of all, it makes you think you must have made the wrong choice. And I think those notions that you're supposed to marry someone who's going to make you happy breeds entitlement. It uh, basically makes you think that you're owed love and you're owed desire, no matter how unlovable or undesirable you're behaving. <laughs> and <laughs> You deserve to be treated better, darn it. 
That's right. <laughs> That's right. And if you would just get your act together, I would love you back. <laughs> and uh, so I think it definitely, you know, marriage is hard because you've turned your life over to somebody in a sense. You've you've hooked your life up to someone else's and their limitations can really hurt. But I think it is made worse by the sense that, you know, you owe me happiness. You owe me accommodation. And if you don't give it to me, there's something wrong with you or something wrong with us. What's the, one of the biggest culture shocks you think that, that couples go through and, and how should they work through that successfully? Well, I definitely think, you know, especially in LDS marriages where so much is starting at the beginning, at the inception of a marriage, you know, you're moving in together, you're beginning a sexual relationship together, you're you know, there's there's a lot of pressure on that, and it's beautiful and wonderful. It's a very powerful, symbolic beginning, but there's a lot to navigate, and so I think many people are shocked and unprepared for that first year of marriage and how it can be really hard to work out a life with another person, especially when in the dating phase, it was all about excitement and and, you know, and desire and and positive anticipation, which is a lovely stage. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think, you know, you when you move from that nose-to-nose phase where you're just gazing into one another's eyes and thinking, you know, how perfect each other is into the more side-by-side phase of, of a marriage where you have to start working out a life together, it can be hard work to really, because it pressures you around the question of how good of a friend are you capable of being. And can you really make room for another person in your life? And how loving are you really? You know, I think it can expose your immaturities when you get pressured in that way. You know, loving someone is really all-encompassing. It takes so many different um, parts of us to love someone fully. How would you counsel someone to not rely so much on the feeling of love, but to actively choose to love someone without forcing themselves or talking themselves into it? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's really what, you know, the phases of uh, marriage really are. I talk to people about this idea that when you're first dating and falling in love, you're in the love without knowledge phase. It's where you love that person. You may feel you've known them for all eternity. You feel a magnetism with them, but you maybe don't know them very well. And that when you move into the early part of a marriage, then oftentimes people feel disillusioned, like we just talked about. And I talk about that as the knowledge without love phase, that you know them, you maybe are learning more about them than you really wanted to know, and you might be learning more about yourself than you wanted to know. You know, I thought I was a nicer person until I got married (laughs) and realized I I was capable of being not nice. I had more patience before I got married, for sure. Absolutely. Exactly. (laughs) And so that knowledge without love phase is that disillusionment. You know, this person isn't just going to make me happy. They're not going to just accommodate me. They're not going to just desire what I desire and, you know, not desire what I don't desire and so on. They they are their own person also. And so if you understand that that's a normal process, then the third phase, you know, to put it maybe too simplistically, but the third phase is around really understanding that love is to choose another person. It's 
to say, I choose to bring my best to this person. I choose to be a friend to this person, even when it's inconvenient to make room for them or their desires. That I choose to confront my limitations and my immaturities for their benefit, for our shared benefit. And that's when, you know, you understand that Love is a, is a feeling only in the very beginning. At that point, love just happens to you. It's more of a biologically-based attraction. It's a wonderful thing. It's a good foundation in a marriage. But it's not love in the sense of love in a long-term marriage is, is to say, I will bring my best to you. I will be your friend. I will support uh, and stand up for your well-being, which may include sometimes sacrificing for things that I don't, uh, that are hard to give. Sometimes it means challenging your spouse's behavior and asking for them to be better because it's really standing up for a meaningful, solid friendship. That's what it is to really love in a marriage. And it takes our own development as um, relational and spiritual beings to be able to do that. How do you think having a good understanding of the gospel um, can help with romantic relationships and love? Well, I think, you know, if we take a superficial understanding of it, you know, we can do what I talked about earlier, which is sort of think there must be something wrong with us if we're unhappy in the beginning, because if I chose the right one, I shouldn't be having this unhappiness with you. But the bigger picture of the gospel is that we're here to grow, to become more godlike people, that we are uh, supposed to confront our limitations and repent and grow and evolve, and that the gospel is about our eternal progression as relational beings. And so marriage is the perfect institution to pressure that development which means that it's going to hurt sometimes. In the beginning, when you're dating, your your beloved is reflecting back the most wonderful picture of you you've ever seen. That's why you love them so much. <laughs> <laughs> when you get married and they're seeing how you can be selfish or how you can, you know, what limitations you're bringing, they are reflecting that back because your limitations affect them negatively. And so it's, easy to be upset with them for not just accepting you as you are. But when you really understand that the point of the gospel and marriage is for me to confront my limitations and grow to be a more loving person, not to just sit here and justify myself, then you're willing to take the hit and to tolerate the exposure that marriage inherently is and to learn from that process and repent and change. Meaning, I'm, by repent, I mean like in the way that every day we confront our limitations and we reassert who we want to be. We try to be a better person when we're, when we're doing our best, that is. And so to understand the bigger picture and to not be so self-aggrandizing as to presume that we are above reproach or above limitations and instead to really... Uh, be accountable for them by changing those things in ourselves for the benefit of those we love. I think another piece, and I don't know, you know, how important it is, but I, I do think another important part of the way that the gospel informs marriage is, is 
to understand that we really understand the value of the body and of sexuality, that that's God-given and that it's really fundamental to a good marriage and a good marital friendship and to have an understanding of our sexuality as being a very fundamental part of 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 creating a profound friendship with another child of God that we've chosen to bring our best to. And I think that perspective is there for us also and very important. Well, this has been a very fun discussion. Thank you so much for joining us today over the phone, Dr. Fife. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about how to strengthen your relationship, visit Dr. Finlayson Fife's website today and look for the two couples courses under the online courses tab. You can find Dr. Finlayson Fife's website at www.finlayson-fife.com. Before we end today, I'm going to share a short testimonial given by one of the course participants for the Strengthening Your Relationship online course. Quote, I want to say thank you so much for the work you are doing. It has blessed my life in ways I feel incapable of expressing. The changes I have had to make have not been easy, but they feel worthwhile and purposeful. All of my relationships are healthier as a great part of the things I have learned from your classes and podcasts. My frame for looking at the world and parenting and my marriage and God have changed drastically. It has caused me to confront my limitations and the limitations of others in a way that has been incredibly freeing. Thank you for all that you do. End quote. Thank you all for being here today, and thank you for listening. And in honor of the Christmas season, Dr. Finlayson Fife is having a holiday sale where you can take 20% off all of her online courses and get additional discounts if you buy more than one course. Act now before the sale ends.